Welcome to our Frontline City Church podcast. This message will activate and inspire you in the supernatural love of God to find your purpose and reach your destiny through Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We're celebrating 20 years from our ordination. We had served God in church for many years before that. Our church itself was actually planted already for three years before we were appointed as pastors. And that those three years felt so long, now it's so short. But many of our brothers and sisters of that time that I know was called with us, including the man who anointed us, fell away from the calling, didn't make it, didn't make the stand. So I want to celebrate God today for keeping us for 20 years. It's nothing that we did. It is purely because of who He is and how He has strengthened us. Now as I look across here, there's so many people that are called by God. All over I see pastors and ministers of the gospel that the call is so real upon your life. That when this song plays, and you say, send me, and we want to make a difference. doesn't have to be on a pulpit. Joni had an idea a while ago that we have a coffee prayer station outside the church where people can just drive up and we can pray for them and hand them a cup of coffee. So I'm thinking of Saturday mornings that each home cell takes a Saturday morning. So once a month. We come and we just make it a station and we have coffee and we say, stop, come in, let us pray for you, whatever your need is, let us minister to you, because God is saying we need to get out of these four walls. Thank God for these four walls, but we can't stay within these four walls. And yes, I've, I've had the idea, or Joni brought the idea quite a long time ago, but I said, let's just park it for a while. But yesterday when we were in prayer, God said, get out of this building, get out of... I've allowed you time to get established here, but now I'm saying move out of this place. And God is saying to every single one here that I'm calling you. I've got a function for you. I've got a role for you to play. You know, each one of us gets discouraged. Each one of us at some stage feels we're not good enough. It's for someone else. I'm not a good speaker. That's me. I might not be holy enough I might not want the attention but I've seen it in every single one's life if you take up the call and you respond God does something God does not call the qualified he qualifies the called but other words the moment you say I'm going to do it God supernaturally empowers you to do whatever you put your hand to whatever you say I will do it God says, I will make you that able. In John 21 from verse 15, this well-known, well-known piece of scripture. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, of, son of John, do you love me more than these? And each one of you, there's this question, do you love God? And when God comes to me, asks you that, then he, Jesus answers, then feed my lambs. There's an always an answer to your love is that you've got to do something. 
You've got to take care. I believe last week we had all the new visitors. Today we've got new visitors. Last week we saw some baptisms. We are going to see a continual influx of people that needs care. And God needs to keep on adding carers as much as what he adding people that needs care. Because when we spend, have that answer, do you love me? I saw all of us standing with our hands in the air worshiping him. We do that because we love him. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? So you can insert your own name there, and I can promise you God has often asked me, Hannes, do you love me? And then the answer is, yes, Lord. And then he says, go and do this or go and do that. And then I quickly have a but or a if or a maybe or when. Why? Because it doesn't fit into my program of this time. And in the repeated walk, we talk about 20 years of ministry or 40 years of being a child of God. This question of, Hannes, do you love me? has been in front of me, I wouldn't say daily, but at least weekly. Every time a task comes up that I don't feel like doing, then Jesus takes me back to this place. Do you love me? And it's a bit unfair. It's a bit, what, what answer do I have when he asks me that? He's done so much for me. Then he asks me, do you love me? What choice have I got? Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. I know, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep. The love of God doesn't necessarily end up here on the pulpit. But the love of God has got to make you a carer of people. Amen. The love of God, it's the one thing that you don't have to be great at. I see so many people that are so great at loving people. But I tell them, let's become a home cell leader. Start becoming an assistant home cell leader. Mm. No. It's not for me. And I go, <laughs> I don't understand because you are better at loving people than me. You're better at caring for them. Step up to the plate. Third time, Jesus asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. You see, at that moment, he didn't understand that that question is actually part of our lives as Christians. It's actually consistently before us. And every decision we take, every choice we make is based on this question, do you love me? And Jesus said, he said, you know everything, Lord. You know that I love you. Then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth, when you are young, you are able to do as you like. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. I think if some of us knew what God had in store for us, we would really battle to follow him. But he revealed that hardship is coming to Peter and he still said, follow me. You know, the calling of God, like they were saying, is sometimes hard. We've got friends now that have been elders and pastors in churches for 10, 15 years, but they've just 
planted a church. And they said, now we know what ministry is. <laughs> There's another level of pressure when you take the lead reins. There's another level of things that step up. But I believe God had given us a word in 1993 for the first time and again in 1999 by the same person, but they had given words to thousands of people in between and they don't, didn't know us. And they said this thing, broken people like smashed meat will come into your house, meaning the church. We didn't even have a church at the time. We weren't even functioning as anything senior. God said, Broken people will come in, but they will go out from here like heat-seeking missiles all across the world. And there's people sitting here that have been skirting the calling. You love Jesus, but the price of the calling is too much. I can tell you at least one circumstance that it gets hard and I say, God, take the calling away. I can't pay this price. My heart has been smashed again and again and again. I just can't. Father, take the calling away. And I know, like Amri also said, I know exactly where I was when I did that. I was driving my bucky, and I had to park immediately because the presence of God came into that bucky. I can't say an audible voice, but it was so strong, most probably the clearest I ever heard God. And he said, say that again, and I'll take it away. Because he's, uh, for so many times, it's so easy to say, God, this calling costs too much. This calling is too difficult. I want to just sit in the back. I want to just hold back. I want to just receive. Why must I always be the one giving? Why must I always be the one that has a message to preach? And I said, God, take the calling away. The hurt is too much. And he said, say that again, ever in your life. And I'll take it away. Because I had sort of like jokingly said it more than once. And the power of God came and said, okay. But it, I met a different portion of God. Mostly my interactions with God was with the loving God that just showers me with love. A God that just forgives everything I do wrong. But the moment I did that, I met the holy God that put the fear of God in me. It wasn't like a wonderful moment. The holiness and the heaviness of the calling and the challenge of what God wanted to do filled that car that I realized I cannot look left or right from where God has pushed me and where God has put me. I have to say yes to the calling. Follow me was the last word that he said there. Mark 10, again such a well-known scripture. Call it the story of the 13th disciple. Now, as he was going out on the road, this one came running and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So it's somebody who knew who Jesus was, who worshipped God because he came kneeling. So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one that is God. You know the commandments. Don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't steal, don't bear false witness, don't defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he answered and said to him, Teacher, all these things I've kept from my youth. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, One thing you lack, go your way and sell whatever you have and give it to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. 
Those are the same words that he said to John. He's saying to this young man, follow me. Get rid of everything that ensnares you and follow me. Get rid of everything that's holding you back and that you're trying to build treasures on earth and build treasures in heaven. And he says, and follow me. And then verse 23, 22, most probably to me the saddest scripture in the Bible. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Oh, um. So God called this young man to be the 13th disciple. Maybe this young man would have written parts of the Bible. Maybe we would have quoted out of that scripture this morning. What would he have seen if he was able to follow Jesus? What miracles would he have been able to stand right next to Jesus while people's eyes are opened? He would have had the what would we give as an opportunity to walk with Jesus? Hey? What would we give to be there to lift Jesus' burden and help him carry his cross? But this man said, No, sorry. He was sad at the calling. But I believe this morning the word of God is going out again. Follow me. Follow me. It's not about how you are treated. Don't ever take up the calling to get recognition because <laughs> you get more flack than what you ever get praised. This morning was beautiful and special and I'll never forget it in all of my life. But those relative to what you get on the other side is rare. If you're doing it for these kind of moments, don't do it because it won't happen. You know the day that Jesus washed the disciples' feet, this man would have been there. He would have had Jesus wash his feet. He would have been able to sit Jesus at the last meal, the first time that the wine and the bread were shared. He would have been able to be there. He would have been able to walk in with Jesus into the Garden of Gethsemane and hear Jesus say, not your will, God, not my will, but your will, God. He would have had the opportunity for all of that. And he said, no, I value what I have more than the words, follow me, that Jesus spoke. He valued what he had in life more than the calling. And I believe there's men and women sitting here. Supernaturally, God has always blessed Frontline with men and women of God with massive callings. Men that have served somewhere and been hurt and that has come to a place. And Jesus says that I'm bringing you in here, not for Frontline to be a hospital, but to be truly a place where you can be healed to go out again. Do you know why? Because me and her both know hurt. We both know standing in church with your knuckles white and saying, I cannot stand one more day here. I know coming out of elders meetings where guys have this much list of what I'm doing wrong and that you get out of the meeting and you just want to give up on life. So if you're being put here, then I realize the, un, uh, uh, in the hugeness 
of the responsibility of caring for your calling. The mammoth task and the mammoth responsibility of saying, God, can I speak a word that would allow, follow me to shout louder than all the hurts, all the disappointments, all the failures, all the rejection, all the things that might have come against you in ministry, but that you'd be able to put all of that aside and say, I'm going to follow Jesus. Last week we spoke about straight lines and putting your eyes forward and carrying on from there. And I wanted to prepare something completely different for today. I wanted to, like a nice encouraging word, I wanted to like bless the people. And I sat down and God said, no, you're carrying on with the call. There's still things that I want to say to people that are sitting in this room where the life has become and shouted louder than the calling. Life and all of the things that comes with it has shouted louder than the calling. So I want to encourage you that I'm going to hand over to my wife if you can get ready. I believe... I can walk down here and I can put my hand on the shoulders of someone saying, God's called you, God's called you, follow me, not follow me, follow Jesus. But I believe that if you're sitting here, you are hearing the call of God. And what I want you to say, just like John did, and um, hear when he said, take care of my sheep, feed my sheep. Caring for people in a small setup like a home cell costs very little. But it's extremely powerful and it will create those lasting memories. It's impossible for us anymore to create it for everybody like we did for Logan and Mike and so on. Just because of where the church is growing. That baton now needs to be handed over to the next ones. And it's time that we lay down anything that's holding us back. Come. Amen. I'm so excited. <laughs> 20 years in ministry. Honey, did you ever think we'd get no. here? <laughs> you know what? We always disqualify ourselves. Yes. I, I, I joke with you often and I say, if you want a list of disqualifications, I can give you pages and pages and pages why we shouldn't be where we are. I promise you we've messed up too many times. But you know why we are? Because we encountered the love of Jesus. And when you encounter the love of Jesus, everything changes. Yes, ministry has been hard. There's been times that we've cried, but there's been times that we've rejoiced and the joy of God has welled up in our hearts and we've seen God miraculously touch people's lives. And we didn't set out to be these big superstars or anything like that. We're surely not, okay? But we set out to say, God, whatever you ask me to do, be it a hug. I can do that, Lord. I might not be able to do what somebody else does, but I can do that. I can open my home and say, come have, have a home cell in my home. We can do anything. We don't have to compare. You might not want to be up on stage, or you might want to be up on stage. It's okay. Start doing something. Find what your hand finds to do and do it out of the love for God. I was blown away at some of the things that were shared here. I think, huh? Because we just go about our life doing life. And as believers, 
that's what we've got to do. You know, in, in the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, the first six chapters, Isaiah's this prophet and his doom and gloom and whatnot and harsh judgment and so on. But then suddenly in Isaiah chapter 6, he's confronted by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He sees God. Heaven is opened up and he encounters God for God. How many of you have encountered God for God? You know what happened to Isaiah? He encountered God and he says, Woe me, I'm a man of unclean lips. When we've encountered God and within ourselves, we feel completely inadequate. And then we hear the voice of God in verse 8 of Isaiah saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for me? And then Isaiah answers, Here I am, God. Send me. Can I have the piano playing quietly? You see, the call of God is still going out. He's confronting men and women today. He's saying you don't have to be perfect because you're surely not. But when we say, God, I know I'm a man or a woman of unclean lips. I'm not perfect. But here I am. Send me. It's in response to him. It's in response to his love, the joy, the satisfaction. You know what? Some days are tough, but more days are worthwhile. When dad and I see somebody's life changing, when we see somebody meet Jesus, really meet Jesus for themselves, Oh, and they, they grasp eternity and they, they get full of joy. That makes it worth it. That makes worth it. So I want to ask you, if you've grasped eternity, if you've met your Savior, maybe He's saying to you today, whom shall I send? Who will go for me? It's not about being perfect and qualified. It's about being saying, God, here I am. Irrespective of my mis mistakes and faults, and I don't fit the package, and I don't look like the package. But if you're calling me God, here I am. Send me. And then God does it. I would like everybody to stand. There's some of you here. God's been talking to you. He's been calling you. But you've been running from Him so hard. And you actually need to meet Jesus. Not here in your head, but here in your heart. And I'm talking to the online viewers as well. You need to meet Jesus in your heart. 
You need to surrender to Him. And you need to encounter Him as your Lord and your Savior so you can spend eternity with Him. You see, there's only one choice. You either spend eternity with Jesus Christ as your Lord or Savior, or you go to hell. That's the choice that Jesus gives. But I know that He's calling you to spend eternity with Him. So without embarrassing you, I want to pray for you. I'm not going to call you to the front. But if today you know that God's calling you to give your life to Jesus, I want you to put your hand up. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. And there's some of you that have got cold in your heart and you've drifted from Jesus. I want you to put your hand up too. Don't be ashamed. He's not going to be ashamed of you. Keep your hands up. I want to pray for you. I'd like a leader just to go stand by those who've put their hands up. And I want to pray. I'd like everybody to pray together with me now. Say with me, Lord Jesus, I hear you calling me. And today, I choose to follow you. I repent of my sins. I turn away from doing it my way. And from this day on, I'll ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. Lord Jesus, I receive your love. Wash me clean. And in Jesus' name, I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that you enjoyed today's message. Our services are streamed live on our Facebook page every Sunday morning at 9.30. For more information and resources, please go to our website, www.frontlinecitychurch.co.za or look us up on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube.